What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. Tired of your tentmates' flashlights shining in your eyes in camp? Bring an empty half-gallon milk jug or clear water bottle. Simply strap a headlamp around it, and it becomes a soft white lantern for everyone to see the light. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand episode of The Wrap right here on the Fight Game Media Network. Happy Monday to you all as we are now a few days away from Night of Champions going down live in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. I'm Keela Cash, and by my son, as always, is my co-captain, my right hand, the sometimes advocate for the now main roster, sometimes NXT still around the block, Von Wagner. I bring to you, as always, on the free feed, not perky. No, 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 no. He is salty Scott Young because he witnessed his Lakers fall 0-3 to the Denver Nuggets. And I don't know how he's going to last for this show. He'll find a way because he's a trooper. He's a soldier. He's a lifer. But on this day, he's a very sad Lakers fan. I bring to you as always, Salty Scott Young. Welcome back, Extra Salty. What's up, Keela? You know, it's a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE. I'm here. I'm ready to do my job. I'm not happy. Uh, I'm just, I'm distraught. I, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm here. I'm going to do my job and we're going to chop this thing up. We're going to have fun. We're going to talk about the week that was in WWE, counting down tonight of champions and battleground, by the way, two big shows coming our way in the next two days. So I do believe, are we doing back-to-back shows? next weekend are we perhaps Oof. listen you're asking a lot out of me i'm already going to be depressed and whatnot all right you're asking a lot out of me well this is a way for you to have a lovely distraction from what's going to happen most likely on monday I, listen i am emotionally not stable enough right now to be having this conversation about what i'm going to do monday after the game so um, I'm going to spend the next day mentally preparing myself, uh, probably play a little 2K and win the series in a 4-0 sweep, beating the Nuggets by 70 points every game. I, uh, I'm immensely, I'm, I'm going to be ready to come. I'm not going to watch the game. I'll just watch Raw and, and I'll ca- you know, catch up on it on Bleacher. 
Oh, look at you score chasing on the app, trying to see how it's going. But, you know, I have a cushy spot for you right beside me. One, two, three, Cancun. You're going to be joining me on Monday. It's going to be a lovely early summer vacation for you and the Lakers. My condolences in advance. Yeah. I'm not happy about it, but it is what it is. Um, We got Night of Champions. We got Battleground. Um, I'm going to get as, as perky as I can and try to for the for those two shows so i'll be i think those i think the matches will get there will will definitely lift my spirits yes so we're looking forward to that over the next few days i just forgot like oh my god there's a battleground show the night after night of champions bonus show going out to the people sky would be in better spirits by then i would hope despite what's going to happen on monday I got to rub it in one more time because he took laps around me last week celebrating the Lakers beating the Warriors, and I endured it. And now I get to return the favor by telling him that you got to suck it up, Buttercup. It's going to be all right. You will endure this, and you will be back next season, and you will not be struggling in the play-in to get in the playoffs. You'll be in the chase in a better position. So there's hope for you. Take that away from this season. I don't have that type of uh, optimism, so we'll see. (laughs) I think this is about as good as it's going to get for LeBron until his son comes. <laughs> Two more years. He'll be 40, waiting for Bronny to show up and save the day. Yep. We've broken Scott on this show. Look, just got, listen at the sadness in his voice. I got nothing, man. I got nothing. I want to get it over with. Just put me out of my misery. Let's get this series over with. Okay. Denver will yell at you on Monday. No worries. But... I, I need them to just get it over with. <laughs> Put you out of your misery. I don't even want to win game four. I just want to get the series over with. <laughs> just, I don't want no type of hope. Don't give me hope. Just, just end it. Beat us by 40. End it. Send us home. Not even the gentleman sweep. Just end it right now. I understand. I get it. But let's lift your spirits, okay? We're going to try to do so by recapping Raw, NXT, and SmackDown as we prep for Night of Champions, sneak in a little preview at the end, run down the card, and maybe by then we will assess your state of mind as we head into a very busy week for WWE. So let's go back in time to Monday Night Raw live on USA. And one of my favorite parts of the show was a Becky Lynch promo as she called out one Trish Stratus who was unavailable this week during some Canadians got talent over, you know, overseas, not overseas, but north of the border. This is a finale. She was busy this week, unavailable to be on Monday Night Raw. But this was Becky Lynch's shot to speak her piece. And this gave me some old The Man vibes, classic vibes from 2018. Cut a really good promo on Trish and talking about how she put her trust and faith in the wrong people that she looked up to Lita and Trish for obvious reasons, people that could uplift her during times of struggle. And when you're going through some things in life, you need someone to reach out to. And she thought she could rely on Lita and Trish. She could rely on Lita. Despite everything they went through in the last year or so, they found mutual respect, became women's tag team champions. And Trish was along for the ride, but she was a backstabber at the end of the day because Trish thought that she was entitled to the legendary star treatment. She was supposed to be the center of attention. How dare Becky Lynch not acknowledge her, not thank her for everything she's done in WWE, paving the way for her. But Becky Lynch 
reminds her that she is it, that she doesn't need a title to prove it. I am in and she'll be it until further notice. I love that. I will say that was probably a lift from Cody Rose's promo about a month ago on Brock Lesnar, but I love the twist with this promo in, in order to make it her own in some ways as well. She was spinning in this moment and she is going to kick Trish's ass at Night of Champions as her solemn vow. I thought she did a very good job with this promo, one of Becky's better promos since assuming the man gimmick once again last year. So, Scott, your take on Becky Lynch's promo on Tristratus ahead of their match and out of champions this Saturday. This is the type of thing that gets me excited, puts me in a good spirit. It takes me from a D'Angelo Russell, all you know, all the way to a to a Lonnie Walker, you know, I went from a one to a four. So, yeah, this is a really good promo, really strong. Uh, this promo reminded me specifically of why she became the most popular wrestler in WWE for a period of time. And, you know, she has something to sink her teeth into. You know, you could tell this means something to her. She wants this to work. The crowd is fully invested in it. And I think they're going to be fully uh, ready to boo Trish Stratish and fully ready to cheer Becky Lynch. And I think that was a kind of a, a concern a little bit when this feud started was, do people really want to boo Trish? You know, we saw that with Edge. People didn't really want to boo Edge. As much as he tried and w- no matter what he did, people just wanted to cheer Edge. We wanted to root for Edge, this guy who had his career and it came back in his, you know, in his twilight year. We want to root for that guy. I think Becky Lynch is a good enough promo, as she showed. And Trish has, I think Trish got a good promo. I think they've both been able to do their part, and the crowd is invested in it enough where they'll play their roles the way it's supposed to go, which is going to help and be a big part of that. Yes, big test, contract signing this week on Monday Night Raw, a few days before Night of Champions, and that will be their first face-to-face interactions, cutting promos back and forth. To me, that would be the bigger test between the two to sell me a bit on this match a wee bit more it does feel a little bit odd but i want to see them actually go toe-to-toe on the mic back and forth throw some shade get into it a bit heading into their match night of champions in saudi arabia i think it would be a good match but it's going to be a big test for me to see how they vibe on the mic in terms of cutting each other down and getting the crowd into it. That's going to be key during their contract signing on Monday Night Raw. Make me invest, make me care, because I love both ladies very much. They have defined two generations for me as a WWE fan, as a lover of women's wrestling, and I really want this feud to click and pop for me starting via this contract signing in, in today's time as we record this show. Yeah, and uh, I'll go ahead and make a prediction. I think Trish gets the win. I like that. It's very possible. You got to extend this rivalry. I can't see Becky winning outright. It's got to be a reason to go back to it, preferably in Trish's home country. If there's going to be a show sometime this summer, you go back there and she might be the hometown hero. Very good possibility there. But yeah, give Trish the first win, cheap enemies necessary, and then come back and run it through the summer. It makes total sense. And, you know, and I do agree. Trish probably will be the hometown hero. And that's even more reason why I'd have Becky beat her in her hometown since she's supposed to be the heel anyway. Exactly. That would be the only way that that would make sense for me or they could do it at SummerSlam in Detroit, which is Canada adjacent. So either way, I'm down for it. But big test on Monday. Can they really sell me against each other going toe to toe on the microphone? We'll see how it goes today on Monday Night Raw. 
the go home show for night of champions as we segue to another strong promo segment involving cody rhodes the american nightmare and this guy you know since his return to wwe not a promo is missed mostly and this past monday was no exception so he's gonna go aesop fables on us scott he's gonna tell us the story of a scorpion and a frog and the scorpions trying to get across the water and the frog knows you know what you're gonna sting me and we're both going down so why should i trust you the scorpion's like you know what we're good I need your help. How could I possibly sting you if you go down, I go down? Let's help each other out. So the frog stupidly says, get on my back. Let's cross this water together. And sure enough, the scorpion stings the frog in the back. They're both going to die. And the frog's like, why did you do that? And the scorpion's like, it's in my nature. It's what I do. I told you not to trust me, even though I lied about it at first. And that is a story that's moral. And it goes back to Brock Lesnar being the predator going after the prey but if that was true cody's like well who messed up your face at backlash in puerto rico a couple of weeks ago i did that i messed up your face i messed up your dome now you want to fight with me and it's all good but i want to let you know that you might be the next best thing 20 years ago but you're in my way right now you are preventing me from what i really need to go after here in wwe to finish my story and i thought cody was on fire throughout this entire segment and what got me scott was the fact when he was done, this dude got a standing ovation for his promo. It's like the guest pastor at church. When he's done, they stand up and you wonder where is a collection plate at this moment? Let me donate money to this person's church. Cody Luther King got the people on their feet after an Aesop's Fables promo. Well, well, <laughs> hallelujah. Can I get an amen? Listen, um, First of all, shout out to you for the because uh, that is absolutely how the church going. Uh, you know they they done started playing the music as he's getting ready to end it. You know he's <laughs> and let me tell you, dun, dun. you know the choir's starting to stand up now. The people start, you already you're picturing it in your head. That's why you laughing because you're picturing it slowly because that's how it builds towards the end. Because then at the end everybody's standing up, they clapping, the music's going somehow. The choir is into the the song that fits perfectly with the sip with the sermon. Like somehow it just works, you know. Um, yeah, one hundred percent. I'm I am a little torn though because, listen, I don't I don't I don't need the fables. I'm good on the fables. I was I was like, bro, like, nobody cares about the scorpion or the frog. This isn't Power Rangers, you know. They're not the ninjas. They're not the Ninja Rangers. You know what I'm saying? Nobody cares. They're not Beast Morphers. Nobody cares. Beast Morphers? Pause. (laughs) Beast Morphers? Ain't that what they're called? Ain't that what they're called? Dude. There's there's the Ninja ones because the Black Ranger was the frog in the movie. He was the frog. And the Beast Morphers, they have to be able to turn into something like that, right? (laughs) One of them's got to be a scorpion. It has to be. Oh, my God. It just has to be. Um... But yeah, I was good on that. You could have saved that, get leave that. But everything else was fantastic. I thought everything else was great about it, wonderful. And I thought the the guest pastor analogy was absolutely fantastic. Now, the bigger question is in this analogy, I need to know who is the pastor then? If Cody's the guest pastor, who is in charge of that church? 
That is a good question. Who would be the main, main pastor of this church? I listen, the only person that I could probably see is it's either got to be Biggie or Xavier Woods. I thought the same thing. Biggie would be the lead pastor. <laughs> it's, 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 oh, man. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So Biggie's church, guest speaker, Cody Luther King. You know, first man, Xavier Woods. <laughs> Deacon Kofi Kingston just sitting in the cut. Deacon Kofi Kingston. With his towel, just patting his head like, yes, just co-signing on everything, stopping you, his you feet. You got it. You know. You got it. <laughs> got a chalice on the side just in case. <laughs> oh, my God. So we're going to call it the New Day Baptist Church. There we go. Honestly, though. That's not that bad of a church name. No, it's very um, accurate. It fits. And Cody being the guest pastor is everything during the New Day, New Birth Convention Weekend. This is Revival Week. Yes. Cody was the first night guest speaker. He'll be back on Wednesday leading Bible study and telling more fables. Well, if he went, if he beats Brock Lesnar, he's definitely gonna have a story to tell next week, or the, I mean, the following week. <laughs> he would have another sermon on the mount. I don't doubt that for a second. But I loved it, and for me, it was a standing ovation from the people. Like they all rose at the same time. Like holy shit! So not only do they sing your song, they give you a standing ovation after a job well done. Cody Rhodes, dude, you are really that top guy in WWE because you was able in the third hour of the show to wake up the people, and they gave you. A standing ovation, a round of applause. He's in the conversation for Todd Babyface in the game. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Really good stuff from Cody, even though Scott was not a big fan of Aesop Fables. Going down on Monday Night Raw, the Scorpion and the Frog was not his jam. Brought back some Power Rangers vibes. And for that, I am thankful because that movie is a classic, a classic of our childhood. Despite Adam not wanting to be a frog. But hey. He got a kiss. Hey. <laughs> He got a kiss, and that's all that matters. On the forehead. He's like, dude, not on the lips, the forehead. (laughs) Still got curved in the jungle. He did. But hey, he was a cutie patootie, even though Scott refutes that too. Just shameful. Adam Shade all around. Put some respect on his name. They ain't even let that man morph in the new movie on Netflix. They won't put some respect on his name. They had that man in the background on, on in space. It was like, nah, you ain't got to come down and help us. We good. <laughs> you and you and Aisha, we good. Y'all sir, just stay up there. Sir, not you spoiling the movie I have not watched yet. There ain't no spoiler. That's in the trailer. I don't give a damn. That is, that is in the trailer. <laughs> that didn't spoil nothing. That is in the trailer. Have you seen it? That's my bigger question. Have you seen nope. the movie? Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is it good? <laughs> I don't want to know if I'm wasting my time. It's not good, but it's like, you know it's not going to be good. Like, Power Rangers isn't a good show. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not a good show, but you enjoy it because it's like, oh, it's Power Rangers. So, yeah, it's enjoyable, but is it good? Nah. Oh, Damn. Now I'm considering watching it or not. Oh, you should definitely watch it, though. 
Okay, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to have to watch it. I need to, you know, relive my childhood a little bit. I'm still kind of mad that Catherine gives an origin story like Really Girl over Kimberly. I'll leave that alone. Yeah, that was that was mm. a choice. But... That was a choice. Really? Mm. Okay. Well, that's enough Power Rangers talk because I debate watching this movie on Netflix. Scott's recommendation. It's so bad it's good, apparently. I'm going to tune in, check it out, and might offer a review sometime during our Night of Champions review. As your segue to the main event of Monday Night Raw, it was Judgment Day versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions. I want to go back to the opening segment of Monday Night Raw. It was Sami Zayn cutting this really fiery promo on Roman Reigns saying, you saw the news. It's going to be us versus Solo Sokoa and Roman Reigns for these tag team titles at Night of Champions. Roman Reigns has been greedy for over three years now. He's ready to take more championships from us, but he's gone unchecked for nearly three years. It's time for us to check him because he's maniacal. He's an egomaniac. He's a psycho. He is willing to do any and everything to win every championship in WWE, apparently, and he's not having it. And Kevin Owens says absolutely nothing he's just ready to fight and then the judgment day comes out and that's when kevin Owens says you know what why are you here like if you want to fight let's fight and then sammy's like well maybe they don't want to fight maybe they just want to talk and then they're like no we actually want to fight and they get in the ring and then we have sammy antagonize dom saying gentlemen and dom and every time dom tries to speak these fans boo him out of the building the heel heat is legit and i absolutely love it so we do get this match in the main event spot and we got paul Heyman working behind the scenes maneuvering different tag teams the target ko and Sami Zayn. this week it was let me recruit imperium and they were recruited to do some dirty work at ringside and we had Rhea Ripley and Dominic causing trouble. They get ejected and that leads to Imperium coming out causing trouble. The match itself, really fun, good back and forth action that I dug from both teams. And at one point, the match was won. We had Sammy Lynn, the Haluva kick on Finn Balor. And then we have Gunther and Imperium causing trouble. And that leads to Finn Balor hitting the coup de grace on Sammy to pick up the win for his team. And they might be in line for a shot at those tag team titles pretty imminently post night of champions. I think they got next for these titles. Really fun main event, but it was very convoluted with a whole lot of stuff going on around ringside due to Paul Heyman trying to stack the deck against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn ahead of this big time tag team match between them and Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa at night of champions in a few days time. But Scott, your take on the main event and all the players involved from the bloodline to the judgment day to ultimately Imperium. So I do want to touch on one thing. You mentioned the heat that Dominic Mysterio got. And uh, yeah, he, they get louder and louder. I want to talk about the reaction that mommy got when she was about to get the mic and she stepped forward and that reaction she got, that's, that's top tier babyface whenever they decide to pull the trigger on her because the fans are ready to get behind her. That was, I mean, and when you have Sammy and KO and the crowd is chanting their names, but then she steps forward and they all go, mommy, mommy. And they're just chanting for her, even though she's in the middle of the, arguably the top heel. Well, the secondary heel group in, in the WWE that speaks volumes for Rhea Ripley and the star that she is and how there is a top baby face waiting to explode right there. So whenever they pull the trigger on her, it's going to be big time. Um, 
Another thing I would like to touch on is Gunther. I thought he was the star of the show from the first time you see him on screen to Akira Tozawa walking on him. And then like, nah, I'm good. I'm gonna walk away. Uh, Walking (laughs) away when Gunther was coming through. Like I thought every time Gunther was on the screen, when he spoke, when he was standing there for the, uh, the battle Royal, when he came out later on, everything that Gunther did, I thought made him just seem like a star and the top guy on the entire brand. Like I, I know Roman's the guy, and Cody's that top baby face like we just talked about. But Gunther just came across as this big deal where you're like, man, I, I, I want to see Gunther. Like, I I, I thoroughly enjoyed the interaction with KO and Sammy. So Gunther, to me, I thought came away from Monday Night Raw looking like a just a complete star. He really did. There was a way that he carried himself on Monday that was different. This time around, I meet that honeymoon glow. You know, he was very happy. And two things happened. First off, badass. Number two, backstage. He was broken by Mustafa Ali. Gunther broke character. He could not maintain a straight face. And that was the first. And that made me laugh. He he started laughing. He started doing that same grin when KO pushed him on the outside at the end of the match <laughs> in the main event. He was he was like, I, I don't. So I think you're right. I think he was absolutely still on that honeymoon high. Like, oh, this is great. I'm back to work. What's up, guys? How we doing? You know, like, I I because you're right. There was like a some like a glow about him where he just had this like this happy energy. Like it. He didn't come off as like this egotistical jerk. He just came off as this like cool badass. Yeah. And I don't know if that was the intention or not, but I definitely think it had to do with him coming off the honeymoon. Like as a married man, I could say there's absolutely a post honeymoon vibe and aura that you have where people are just like, man, you're just in a great mood right now. Yeah. You know, feeling good, feeling real good. <laughs> he had that. He really did. It was how he carried himself, how he walked how he stood on the announce table, like the whole night, like he had the honeymoon glow of like, he had a great time. He's happily married. He had swag for days, more swag than usual. Like this dude was dripping with swag, looking good. I mean, he was looking good. I'm not even going to lie. Cheddar biscuits, Gunther to you, you know, how I feel about Ludwig, but dude was happy and he was breaking character. And that is unheard of. And I loved it. Honeymoon Gunther is the best Gunther. Yeah, he he definitely he definitely in his bag right now. Like this dude's like, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna just do whatever I feel like doing. If I want to laugh, I'm gonna laugh. I want to smile, I'm gonna smile. I'm that guy. Like <laughs> to me, that's just how he's carrying it. I'm that guy. I'm gonna do what I want. I'm here for it. I uh, I look forward to the six man next week. It's gonna be a lot of fun, Mister Guy. I assume will be Mustafa Ali in that spot because he will face Gunther for the IC title. At Night of Champions, shocking finish at a battle royale, which is pretty good. Set up some matches down the road. I thought Bronson Reed had it, but he got eliminated by Mustafa Ali. He got rid of Bronson, and I believe he got rid of Ricochet at the same time to score the win. Biggest win of his tenure on Monday Night Raw thus far, and he will face Gunther. And I hope it's a really good match. It should be this character of Mustafa Ali. It's a choice, but it's getting him wins, which is good for him. The blonde highlights choices but 
lovely, long, luxurious hair nonetheless. And one more note about Rhea Ripley, because I've also noticed that the cheers for her are getting louder and louder and you have to turn her eventually. But one note, after Becky's promo, we had Rhea Ripley looking at the monitor and watching Becky after she cut that promo. And they might be going back to that few they was teasing earlier this year, because I remember the exchange, the eyes were eyeing for like two good minutes, the icy stare that I loved. I want them to have a match. It would be epic. The promos would be great. So I want that sometime this year as well. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, you know, that's an interesting point and a good one. Um, because if that is, if you're going to do that at Mania, you know, I, I definitely see Trish winning and they kind of extending that feud and, and Becky can get her win back and win the feud ultimately. But if they're going to go to that at SummerSlam and maybe you know, Trish can interfere at SummerSlam on uh, Rhea's behalf, then I could definitely see Becky beating Trish. That's a that's a very good point about that because that's a big-time match, and that's definitely a, a SummerSlam-worthy match, maybe even a Money in the Bank-worthy match. And so that'll be, they'll be taking uh, that overseas as well. So that's a, that's a good call right there. I could definitely see that being – I might have to change my pick to Becky Lynch because I think that's that's probably where they're going to end up going for one of those two shows. Agreed. So now you're switching after I put that in your head. <laughs> now nah, you know what? You know what? I'm I'm, I'm a whole strong. <laughs> I'm a whole. I'm a hold my flag. I'm going with Trish. I'm gonna stick with Stratisfaction. She's gonna win that first match. Okay, that's your final answer. Yeah, for now. Okay, I don't trust you, but we'll see between now and Saturday where you stand. And one more thing for Monday Night Raw. Going back to the Battle Royale, we had a JD McDonough insert promo, which was good, and we had a, like a. Promo package as well, which was good. But then we got what I talked about a few weeks ago when he got drafted to Monday Night Raw. We have Finn Balor watching him from afar. So I think that he will be the newest member of Judgment Day. And what a cushy spot to land with that faction. JD is going to, you know, I'm sure there's people who haven't watched him. These guy, that dude's impressive, man. He was my favorite guy to watch on NXT, and he's probably going to end up being my favorite guy to watch on Raw, more than likely. Yeah, big time faith putting him with Judgment Day, and he grew on me on NXT. The gimmick was confusing to me at first, but once he locked in, he was really good on that show, and he carried a lot of really great matches for, for some PLEs for NXT down the stretch last year as well. So he'll be a big asset to Monday Night Raw, elevating the in-ring scene there and Finn Balor being his mentor. And at some point, you would expect the mentor to turn on his mentee, and that would be money down the road. And I would no longer call J.D. McDonough 
budget Finn Balor because he's actually grown into a performer that is more so himself, more so than Finn. Yeah, I agree. And uh, he's going to be a good fit in that. I think you can do a lot with that. And whenever you feel like kicking Finn Balor out, you have a ready-made feud ready for him. Absolutely. So we would love to see it down the road on Monday Night Raw as we now take that trip down to NXT. It was a show, as always, on Tuesday. Some highs and lows. But let's talk about a high. To me, the best match on Tuesday's show was Creed Brothers versus Rip Fowler and Jagger Reed. And these guys, Dyad, have called for their release from WWE. They've been denied. They're going to probably stick around until October when their contracts when their contracts expire. But, you know, they're not phoning in a damn thing in the ring. They are delivering on every level. And I thought they had one of their best showings under this gimmick against the Creed Brothers. And this was just entertainment at its finest. The Creed Brothers, I love them. You know how I feel about Julius. He's got next. We had the Creed Brothers exchanging basically rip follow hey you want to hold him up for a uh vertical suplex okay you want to switch switch out switch switch out just holding this guy up for a solid minute i loved it and then it was just lovely back and forth action we got suplexes galore we got big hoss action you gotta love it for me it was brutus during the northern lights were holding somebody up at the same time doing a double move spot on both members of the dyad then we got jagger reed and julius doing stereo 450 splashes on their opponents and like what how when how why like that was awesome then we have ava causing trouble at ringside and we have ivy now lock in the dragon sleeper on her puts her to sleep we have brutus take him out with the brutus bomb and then we have julius laying out rip fowler for the one two three Really fun matchup. Best thing on Tuesday show by far. The crowd was into it. And that's all I care about. The crowd cares. I care. And the action spoke for itself. Really fun stuff. And Julius, dude, incredible. Knee strikes down his arsenal. Ridiculous. He's got next. And Brutus is coming along as well. Also working on his fitness and being a little bit more cleaner after what happened at Set and Deliver. When things don't go right, you reassess, go in the lab, work on it. And since then, he's been pretty clean in the ring. And Tuesday was no exception. Yeah, this was a good match. Um I I think you everything you said laid it out perfectly. Um Julius I thought looked really good to me. This was a, a Brutus showcase for me. I thought Brutus looked, stood out in a really good way. I thought the crowd got behind him. We've seen uh, what Julius can do and some of those transitions are real smooth. I I think I'm but I watching this match, I'm ready for them to move on. I um I'm just kind of, they're just kind of meh for me as long as they're in NXT right now. They're not doing anything. If they start going after some singles gold, that's interesting. But as of right now, they're just kind of, they're just there for me, you know, and I'm ready for them to do something different, ready for them to move on or, you know, I, I don't know. They're just, they're just a team for me. And I think there can be so much more. And I just blame that on WWE not really having a plan for them. I do have to agree with you. I think their ceiling has been hit on the show. The going after the tag titles again against Gallus at Battleground on Sunday. It should be a good match. But as you said, I think they've reached their limit here on this show. And it's time for them to move on. I was surprised they were not drafted during the draft. And maybe they're waiting into the summer to move them up. But I think they have reached their ceiling here 
on NXT. They're still green in spots, but the beauty of being called up is you get to work on the road with some great tag teams and you will find your way. You will stop working under the system of things being so routine and regular every single day and you get to be on the road and do things differently every other night when you're able to do so on the road Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So for me, they need to get called up because they're going to plateau and they're on the cusp of that right now. One more attack, team title shot this weekend. I don't think they'll win. If they don't win, then what do you do next? Do you do some singles runs for both of them? I would love that for Julius, especially Brutus, who I have my eyes on from day one. He's coming into his own as well at this point. So I do see money in both of them to be stars of value on the main roster, but it needs to happen sooner rather than later. Yeah, I, uh, I I I think a singles run for both of them could be a lot of fun and beneficial just to see what you have. Like sometimes, you know, when you have a young tag team like this, you can kind of let them go and see what you got. You know what you got in Julius. Maybe Brutus could surprise some people with what he does in a singles run. Um, I, you know, in my fantasy booking crazy mind, I would love for WWE to have – you know, to do the King of the Ring. And I'd love for them to have like a, an NXT guy like a Julius Creed in there and maybe win a couple matches and upset a couple people. Like, I, I think that's that's what Julius needs is to work with different people. And I've, I've talked about that so much when it comes to NXT is you can't just have them working with the same people over and over again. You just start, you get into a routine with people. You've got to work with different people, different styles. And I think we've seen that with the influx of the UK talent. I think we've definitely seen match quality go up. We've seen some improvement with some of them. But they need to continue doing that. And I think you have to continue working with different talent. And so I, I'm with you. They need to be called up or you need to let them just run as singles and get to work with the individual different talent on their own without having a tag partner to fall back on. Exactly. And I would want that for Brutus, especially. I think he reminds me a little bit of Angelo Dawkins, who improved over time, got better, got in shape, and he really became a standout in the last year or so. And Brutus, I'm starting to see that too, that maturation, because he was baby Brock to me nearly two years ago. I have my eyes on him, not so more in Julius, but then Julius started improving fast and working on his fitness, and he's really grown. And now Brutus is catching up too. You get them both running in singles runs. You can see what you got. And I think they got something in both of them. And that is a good thing. But they need to be away from this system ASAP. And I love your King of the Ring idea. Be spoilers in that tournament. Expand it. Have a little bit of fun. Have have Julius and Brutus be standouts in that tournament. Competing against members of the main roster. Working with some great talent that has experience. That can guide them. Teach them. And help them get better in the ring. Because you can only do so much under this system. Because it does get repetitive and tired after a while yeah that's a good call and now we go from the highs of nxt you know the highest of highs and now we got to address something that happened on tuesday that was quite disturbing so i just want to preface this by saying i love Jack, despite it's just for men hair color and his punisher gimmick i love Ilya dragunov Love him. Adore him. Great worker. I love both guys feuding against each other. I think they'll have a great match at Battleground. Could be a show stiller. But what in the S&M happened on Tuesday's show? Because Ilya Dragunov went to the man himself, Dijak, 
And he says, hit me with your worst. Do your worst to me. He offered himself to be tortured by Dijak. And Dijak said, sure, why not? And we had various vignettes of Ilya Dragunov and various states of torture, beaten up, sweaty, saying, that's all you got? You think you've broken me? Oh, you haven't done your worst yet. And we come back and he keeps getting punished. And it's just so weird and kinky. And for some reason, Dijak gave the video to some editors behind the scenes at the PC to give it that full-on noir treatment to make it even more creepy. Like, what the hell is going on here? This was extra in ways I did not expect. And I immediately got some old school Heidenreich Michael Cole vibes from about 15, 16 years ago, which is poetry slams that was very erotic in nature. And there was some dry humping during those segments. And I got some flashbacks of that because I was wondering what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Shout out to Damian priest for holding the camera. (laughs) Um, And, uh, I also want to give a uh, a shout out to Rhea Ripley and Dom for for the room that they let Dijak <laughs> use to to film this entire thing in. Uh, look real close in the top left hand corner, you'll see Finn Balor's mask with the one hole in it. So there's that. This is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, nobody cares about the Fifty Shades of Dijak and whatever Dragonoff has going on here. Um, I think this whole thing is is pretty ridiculous uh i was fully expecting uh one of them to be in the chair and for him to spread his legs fatal attraction style i um i i don't know what you want me to say to this keila i I have no idea what they want me to say i don't know what you want me to say i wasn't turned on though i can tell you that (laughs) This took so many turns. You swerved in so many directions. You credit the entire Judgment Day for this segment, basically. They were producing it. They shot it. They edited it. They provided the bed, apparently. The setting was beautiful. You know, the mood was there. Gotta say, Fifty Shades of Dijak, copyright that, trademark that. We're going to produce that exclusively on Peacock because they need a new show. Um... This was bizarre. This was something that was extra. And I did not need to see any of this. And we're leading to a matchup. Which should be good. But after all they shared together, should you be fighting at this point? I listen, man. I maybe they're fighting to see who's gonna who's gonna you know be the dominatrix in the in this whole thing. I don't I don't know. There's gonna be black leather everywhere, <laughs> whips and chains everywhere. What's uh what was Christian's room called in the Fifty Shades? What's his little the little boom boom room? What's it called? <laughs> Not the boom boom room. Not the boom boom room, sir. But that's basically what this was. <laughs> that's that's, that's exa- He invited him into his boom boom office. <laughs> that's that's exactly where he invited him. And uh, the other question I have is like, 
I, I get they had the setting and whatnot, but like Dijak, and not Dijak, uh, Dragunov. This dude looks so interesting. He's like, I want you to break me. Like he's <laughs> he wants it so, and I'm like, bruh, pause, like, pause, just just for a minute, pause, take a breath, all right. Calm your little <laughs> overly <laughs> aggressive horny tail down. Like, this this took horny hours to a whole nother level. Like we used to get on them for, for Parada and Duke, you know, making out and having sex on screen. This was like they didn't even touch and I felt like I felt nasty watching this. It was the fact that this is voluntary. He showed up and said, "Break me." Oh. <laughs> Again, pause. Like pause. He showed up like he's checking in for an appointment. That was my my first thought was like, "Bruh, you really came up here in this man's office." And and why he's sitting in the office like that? Like you don't wear no clothes in the office. You didn't get no shirt on, bro. Like in your office. Like I get if you, I get if you're backstage or something, but in your office. Come on, dude. This stuff just wasn't adding up for me. I, I was just confused by the whole thing. But he had his jacket on, but didn't have a shirt on. He's in the office. He ain't had no match. At, at least Dragonoff had a shirt. Like, the, like he had the decency to at least come clothed. <laughs> Die Jack is just sitting. There. This dude just sits in his office naked with a jacket, <laughs> with an overcoat. What, what what else do you want to talk about with NXT? Like what 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 else do we have to talk about with NXT? It's got to be time to talk about SmackDown. <laughs> oh oh, I forgot. We got to talk about how Braun Breaker went up in the hood by himself and had a whole crew of brothers scared by himself. Can we talk about that? For, we can talk about that for a minute. I guess is I guess that's what we could talk about next. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. that's definitely an hbk segment to have braun breaker in there with Auden brothers and they all looking shook and scared in in the barbershop oh oh god clearly he ain't never been to a black barbershop because they'd have definitely pulled out that thing somebody would have got a text or something But I'm going to tell you who wouldn't be in that barbershop <laughs> and who would not be welcome in that barbershop. <laughs> Dragging off? Because <laughs> they'd be like, you're a weirdo. You're not coming in here and die, Jack, because he ain't got no clothes on. <laughs> I am. Um, I don't know how I could come back from this. I am recovering. Whew. Oh, it's over. You like the Lakers going against the Nuggets. It's <laughs> over. Now, 
to recover from that last segment, which broke me. I am in tears. I am broken beyond words right now. I'm more broken than Dijak and Dragonoff if possible. Actually, I'm not because that was levels of brokenness that I did not want to see on my TV screen, but I couldn't look away because I was wondering when is the wedding at this point? I was wondering like when are y'all just going to get hitched? Because really you like taking pain. He likes giving it. You like receiving it. He gives it to you. Like what is happening here? And my God, that was a segment. And then Scott just killed me talking about the guy had no shirt on, which is facts. He has an office and he does not believe in an office shirt at the bare minimum. He's wearing shades. Why? I don't know. It's a darkly lit room. Why the fuck you have shades on? Why did a lamp on. With a lamp on, a lamp, and an old school tape recorder from 1985. What is this? Help me understand. It's on some script stuff. This is beyond script. Scripts could come up with this shit. This is next level whips and chains, 50 shades of Dijak and shit. You know, this is basic instinct levels of what is this. And I am just floored by what happened on Tuesday. And then Scott whips back around because our next topic is Braun Breaker. His latest he'll move. And Scott basically said what he did. He rode up at the barbershop amongst brothers and shook all of them and survived. It was one against 10. And he had them all shook. And not only that, they gave him the the toughest fade this side of Orlando. So... Let me let me just understand what HBK Walker, <laughs> Texas Ranger, wants me to understand because I'm I'm biracial, so I I, I have a slight idea of what a bar- what goes on in a barbershop, what people don't want them to know goes on in a couple barbershops. You know what I'm saying? Braun just maybe maybe the cameraman got something we don't see. You know, maybe he, he maybe he got maybe because I'm gonna tell you what. I didn't see a couple people try to roll up in a barbershop and make some noise and it didn't too well. And it was just two guys in there. So I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out <laughs> what Braun Breaker can, what he had in his lap that or underneath behind his back that we didn't see. And, and you also telling me that he's got his back to all of them and none of them ran and jumped this man. I'm done. I'm done with NXT. I'm done with NXT. The matches were fine, but this is just a, whatever, whatever stories that Walker is trying to do, man. I just be like, I when I'm watching NXT, I'm almost to the point where I'm just like, let me just see the matches and skip some of these stories. Like the women's promos, they literally all look like they're doing a video vlog. Like they all look like that. Cora J looked like she literally had a blue screen in her background and she was doing going to upload a video to YouTube. That's <laughs> literally what it looked like. So I, I, the matches I'm, I bet you battleground will be really good, but I'm, I'm good on all this stuff in between. The in between stuff. It is just very, very weird. And between die Jack and dragging off bonding over pain, 
to Bron Breaker scaring 10 brothers in a barbershop. And he gets the toughest fade in Orlando. And he survives. He doesn't get beat up. He doesn't get shanked. He walks away freely. He hops in his car and drives away unscathed. And Carmelo and Trick can never go back to that barbershop because you let your boys get bitched out by one man. Now, wow. I, will say, I will say this. If Scotty was there, I would completely understand. Because who knows what he's going to do. Oh, Lord. That is a valid point. Scott would have shook some shit up, and I'm scared. So <laughs> Scott therefore... would have ripped some stuff and started just tossing things. You're like, all right, he's crazy. We're going to leave him alone. He would do some math problems. Real complicated <laughs> style. You know what? He would have probably bought everybody's Shonies just to be nice. Afterwards, he'd have been like, "Thank you. I needed to. I needed to just send that." But you know what? We'll buy y'all some food for the yeah. for the mess I made. Yes, Shoney's for everybody. Steaks all around. Problem solved. If it was a bloodline that would have attacked them, they'd have got them all waffle house. <sighs> Facts, and it would have been good too because there's a waffle house open somewhere at this hour. So all star special chocolate chip waffle, raisin Look- toast. Look at you running down. And I love the chocolate chip waffles. Scrambled eggs with cheese. Mm, delicious. Bacon. Orange juice. <laughs> no. Good old orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> you going to rebuke the orange juice? Yeah, I'm going to have a Coke. Okay. You just stingy. Wear it out. So rebuke the Minute Maid. I got it. Yeah, okay. I'm good. I'm good on that. Too much pulp. You know, that is true. It just depends how it's squeezed. And sometimes it's a bit pulpy. But yeah. All of that was better than Braun rolling up on the barbershop and scaring 10 brothers. But, you know, this was NXT. I've never been as broken as I have been during this segment ever in the history of this show. God, what a moment. Clip that. (laughs) Yes, Jeremy, if you can, clip this entire segment of me being broken by all of the NXT shenanigans for the last 10 minutes of this show because my god i have been crying my eyes out from laughing so hard scott did a masterful job because the descriptions was on point especially with die jack not having a shirt on during all of this he was ready to go actually he was primed and in position to do what he needed to do and all he was missing at this point were handcuffs well i went from a lonnie walker i'm at a lebron right now feel real good Look at NXT lifting your spirits. As we move on to Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, I can assure you nothing will top this NXT review and recap, which was illuminating and shocking, to say the least. But we got some good stuff on this show, and mainly it was bloodline business once again. It was Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa alongside Paul Heyman going face-to-face with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, the undisputed tag team champs ahead of their match at Night of Champions next Saturday on Peacock, Jetta Saudi Arabia, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. It's going to be a fun show. And Roman Reigns is still jilted. He still feels betrayed that I gave my time and my energy to you, Sami Zayn. And look what you did. You threw it all away. How could you? And then Sam is like, you know what? My biggest regret was not hitting you with that chair sooner. I regret nothing. And then he offers this little nugget saying that, hey, you know what? We're going to go face to face. We're going to go one on one. We're going to do it once again. 
tax patterns on the line, but you're just mad because the Usos are better than you. And Roman Reigns is shooketh at that comment. And this leads to an ambush attack by Jimmy and Jey Uso. They lay out Sammy and Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns is irate at this. He is furious. How dare you come out here? I didn't ask for you. I didn't need your help. I didn't want your help. He's steaming mad. And then we have the moment that was kind of surprising. He bumps into Solo. And Solo gives him the death stare. And Roman Reigns, who is approaching 1,000 days as undisputed WWE Universal Champion, is a little flustered. He's a little shooketh by this moment because he's like, oh, fuck. I don't want to piss him off. And he storms off. He walks away. And everybody's kind of like, whoa. He kind of deferred for a moment. Then we go backstage. And he reads the Usos of Riot Act once again, telling them, how dare you try to make a statement at my expense. I'm the one that leads us, guides us. This is what I do to maintain the family unit. And here you are trying to buck that, trying to defy me, trying to show me up. And he dismisses them. And Solo, this entire time, his eyes are locked. And you don't know where his allegiances lie, especially after Roman gave him that bump in the ring. It was something. So we expect some kind of implosion to go down at Night of Champions. Will it be the Usos? Will it be Solo? I don't know. But something's got to give. And it starts at Night of Champions on Saturday, Scott. Yeah, this uh, <clears throat> this was definitely a needed chapter in this story, and it's it's interesting that we're still involved with Sammy and Ko, and they're like, I think it's very interesting that Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns, who outside of the family, those two are essentially kind of a, a key proponent of the story. Like they've been going at it for three years now, essentially, and it's like this is. This is long. Roman Reigns was not playing when he said we are in the third inning, and we got six more to go. Well, hopefully, we're in the fifth. Hopefully, we are at least getting to the fifth inning with this next chapter. Um, I look forward to seeing what they do. You know, this is we we talked about you know recording the show for uh, the Night of Champions and whatnot, and this is actually one of the matches I really hope I don't get spoiled for because there is a possibility Roman could lose. Probably not. I, I think I think I've at least for me, I've learned that, especially after this Cody thing, let me not bet against Roman Reigns for a little bit. Um, and it, it, and that's why it's such a toss up. And I think there is definitely intrigue in the match. And it's interesting to have Solo there and to have Roman show that fear of Solo because he's, he doesn't really show fear for anyone. He doesn't show concern for anyone, even some of his toughest opponents, it's just more of like, yeah, he's got a shot. With Solo, there was a real sense of like, yo, my bad, I don't, let me not, I don't want no type of problems right now. So the the next chapter is going to be very interesting. Do Sammy and KO finally get that, that United pinfall attempt? And let me tell you this also, that promo that Sammy Zayn cut, I thought the way he talked to Roman Way he had that bass in his voice, and he said, "Here's he said, I am the man in this segment." He told you, he told Roman to look at me. How many people tell Roman to look at me, and Roman looks at him? Like, I I appreciate this segment. I thought it did a very good job of forwarding the story at a at a much needed moment. 
Yes, told me it told so many stories, had many layers to it, and I loved it. And Sammy definitely commanded that stage during that segment. It's very rare that Roman Reigns will look at you when he tells his cousins to look at him, and he's looking at Sammy because he feels aggrieved because he thinks I gave you everything and you threw it away, and he still feels some kind of way about it. And Sammy's like, "What about it? I wish I did it sooner, and I don't regret it for one second because he knew he could see through the bullshit a long time ago, and that was all he needed to do." at the Royal Rumble, and that was still a moment that will stand up by years in for WWE, but really good stuff involving everyone, great performances all around, and I am looking forward to this match at Night of Champions. I agree with you. No spoilers for me either. I want to be surprised because I do expect something shocking to happen. Do I expect Roman Reigns to get pinned? It would be stunning. 1,000 days in for him to be pinned, but it's got to happen when it counts for something We'll see if they're ballsy enough to go in that direction, but I do foresee the Usos definitely playing a role in this finish because they're due for something very soon. It's interesting, right? Does he does he take his first pinfall loss in three years on his one thousandth day as champion? I mean, that's that's a and that would actually fit into this kind of you know spiraling out of control that he's got because he would be unhinged. Or do the Usos, you know, do they help Roman and Solo and, and Roman becomes Roman four belts? And then we, I mean, it has to lead to the Usos taking those titles from Roman and Solo, you know, but then it becomes, does does Roman defend the titles and his title? You know, it's, I don't know, man. Like, and I think that's the best thing about it is I have no idea where they're going to go. I'm completely invested and, you know, I think what's very interesting about this is neither of us are talking about Solo taking that pinfall, which he very easily could as well. But I think it's very telling that we, we neither of us are talking about that possibility because he should be protected at all costs. They've done a great job with him. Um, he could definitely eat a loss and I don't think it would be anything, especially if they did it the right way and he ate two super kicks. But I don't see the Usos turning on Solo. If anything, I would see them turning on Roman and Roman taking that loss. So I, I'm very intrigued at what this finish is going to be. Me too. It could go in any direction. And I cannot wait to see how it all plays out. And out of champions on Saturday, that is one of the best parts about this show. You really don't know how it's going to go in some ways. And I think that we're going to be surprised in the best possible way come Saturday. Looking forward to it as we move on to Pretty Deadly's SmackDown debut in the ring versus the Brawling Brutes. Pretty fun match. Pull, poor Elton Prince got busted open early on. Bush is laying in his shots, stomping and kicking and kneeing people. But he soldiered through, fought through the scratches on that nose. It was bloody as we go to commercial break. We come back. A highlight was Rich Holland lifting up both members of Pretty Deadly on the shoulders in a pretty cool power spot. Laid out both guys. We had 10 pieces of the battering from ridge and bush to pretty deadly in a pretty cool spot but in a crafty savvy heel finish that made me laugh it was when we had elton prince tied up in the ropes and we have ridge all by his lonesome and they sit up spilt milk behind the referee's back bush is distracting the referee for reasons and because of this they do the double team move behind the referee's back and then elton hilariously let me retie myself on the ropes. Let me pretend I'm so trapped as his partner picks up the win for his team to win their match and their SmackDown main roster debut 
It was a cutesy finish. I loved it. And I'm very happy for Pretty Deadly. I think they're going to be a very good tag team on SmackDown. They're charismatic. They're funny. They can work. And very funny finish, by the way. Yeah, I uh, I think this is that's I think this is what we can come to expect from them going forward. I like the pre-match promo that they had where they talked about all the ingredients of making, you know, a great tag team. And um, I, I, you know, another thing during this match, I thought Sheamus was really good on commentary, talking about them, talking about the brawling brutes and kind of, and I, I think this SmackDown tag division is, uh, is better than it's given credit for. I mean, these are two good teams right here. You know, they got the street profits out there. Like there, you have you obviously have the the Usos, KO, and Sami Zayn. Like there's tag teams out here, LWO. There's absolutely teams out here. This is a solid tag division here on SmackDown. So I definitely enjoyed this match. I look forward to seeing them mix it up with some of these other teams, like an LWO. I think that'll be a real fun match whenever that happens. Um, but whenever these titles get taken off of Sammy and they get moved from this bloodline storyline, I think they're absolutely a team you build your division around. 100%. This is a very stacked division for WWE, quality tag teams everywhere. Pretty Deli is a part of that equation as well. And I love that for WWE because I'm a big fan of tag team wrestling and main event at WrestleMania. So that myth has been broken that tag team wrestling can matter in WWE. Absolutely, it does. It can headline your biggest show of the year. It can main event your shows across the board. And there's depth there. And I love to see it. And Pretty Deadly can definitely be a factor on this show moving forward with KO and Sami Zayn defending those belts if they still have them post night of champions as we move on to the main event of Friday Night Smackdown it was the LWO versus the Usos and this match was my favorite match of the night very very good love the action the crowd was eating up the near falls down the stretch both teams putting in that work had me going both ways love the dive by santos to the usos on the outside ray mysterio is always putting in that work as a seasoned veteran we had frog splashes we had near falls we had submission attempts everything was going so well and then we have kevin owens and Sami Zayn. they're like you know what you tried us earlier let's cash in our receipt let's take you guys out they do so they piss off the bloodline one more time. And after all of the begging and pleading I've done on this show, because I wanted Santos Escobar to get a win, to get a victory, because LWO is over. They are popular. They're legit merchandise sellers. I want them to be booked as such. And voila, we had Ray take out Jay. And then we have Santos deliver the splash off the top rope to Jimmy to pick up the win for the LWO, and I'm very happy about that, but it was all about the aftermatch of Roman Reigns looking on and watching his cousins eat another L heading into Night of Champions, and he is not happy, but as he's watching, Solo's watching Roman, and I don't know what he's thinking about either, but it just builds tension for what will be quite the matchup in Saudi Arabia in a few days' time for these tag team titles. Yeah, this... um. This was a really fun match, and I, I completely agree with you as far as Santos in particular needing to get a pinfall victory. Uh, Rey Mysterio got a huge win at WrestleMania, and I know LWO was a part of that, but 
Santos in particular needed a nice win and a big win over the Usos. The crowd got invested. I thought they had some really good near falls. The uh, the frog splash for the Usos has become a really fun near fall. I like that the 1D isn't used unless the match is going to end with it. So I, I appreciate that, that they're protecting the Usos finisher there. You know, again, this goes to the depth of this tag division. Like, there's some serious teams here, and we're not even talking about the Street Profits. So, and they're they're one of the best teams there. So, I I really enjoyed this. I like the story that they told. A lot going on, a lot of chaos, but it was controlled. It all made sense. It all played into the story, all advanced the story. So, good job all around in the main event. Absolutely, really good stuff. And I'm intrigued by everything that's going down at the PLE on Saturday. Which brings us to the show itself going down in a few days' time. And we got this big-time match between Seth Rollins and AJ Styles to crown the first-ever WWE World Heavyweight Champion. I got to say that the Grayson Waller effect was pretty unremarkable on Friday. I did not care for the interview very much. Did not like the content at all, to be honest with you. I thought the sit-down interview with Seth Rollins was a little bit better on Monday Night Raw. He's been on the set filming Captain America, Captain America I believe, and he's going to be on set next week as well. So he's not going to be physically in the building to really promote this matchup. And I've heard some rumblings of, like, do you want to put the belt on him if his availability is going to be a choice? I hope that's not the case because he should be the champion 100%. He's earned that right to have that championship to be an anchor on Monday Night Raw. But if, Scott, if you had to choose... Who's walking out the champion, even though we think this belt at best is a consolation prize? I think it's got to be Seth Rollins because the story you can tell with Seth Rollins as champion is, you know, and I know we talk, you know, it's viewed as the consolation prize, but with Rollins as champion, he still has the claim as I'm the one guy that Roman hasn't beat. So my claim to being a champion is valid. Like, so I, I think it has to be Rollins. Um, if it was Bobby Lashley on the other side, I might be a little bit more torn, but I, I, I think it's Rollins, no question. I think so as well. It should be Rollins and must be Rollins. I think that he would be a great first champion. He'll have great matches on Monday Night Raw, defending that championship on PLEs as well. Let him be the Senate bearer holding that championship on Monday Night Raw, which brings us to Another matchup going down in Night of Champions. It is Bianca Belair defending her Raw Women's Championship against Asuka. And this matchup could swing either way. Asuka's been gaining momentum as of late, missing Bianca Belair all the time. But do you foresee a title change this Saturday? No, I, I think Bianca continues her reign. Um, I... <laughs> I think she is slowly becoming the female Roman Reigns. I don't see her losing anytime soon. Me neither. I think she retains. She'll be a better match than it had at WrestleMania. And Asuka, you know, I just want her to continue to be a dominant force on SmackDown with or without a championship. And I think that she'll have another match against Bianca Belair one more time between now and Money in the Bank of this doesn't work out either. Got to switch out the feud one more month. Charlotte's still out of action for a little while longer. And speaking of championships, we have the women's tag team titles in flux. As Liv Morgan is injured, she had to relinquish the titles alongside Raquel Rodriguez on Friday night. There'll be a championship match on Monday, the night at the couple of days after Night of Champions. We got Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler. We have Raquel and a mystery partner. We have 
Bailey and Io Sky because Dakota Kai also got injured during that match, which absolutely sucks. And then we have Chelsea Green and Serena Deville also vying for these tag team titles that have been snake bitten time and time and time again. And poor Raquel, last two reigns have lasted less than a month. Uh, oh, I don't even know, man. Like I, I feel like you could do Bailey and EO Sky, but then the story could definitely lead to them losing the match. I don't see Ronda coming back and losing for no reason. So I'm going to go with Ronda and Shayna, but I, yeah, I'll go with Ronda and Shayna. Though I personally would like to see Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green win. Yeah, I love Chelsea Green. She is killing this gimmick right now. I love her. I love her charisma. She's very good as a Karen. I kind of do want them to win the titles, but if Ronda and Shayna win, that'll be all right. But my God, Ronda star power, it has shrunk a lot in the last year or so. Barely got a pop on on Friday Night SmackDown, I believe, or Monday Night Raw. And I, I don't know what it is, but it's just, it's just lacking for me at this point. Well, she's just she's just another person now. You know, she has she's people know who Ronda Rousey is, but in the wrestling world, she's just another just another wrestler. Yeah, that Brock that Brock aura she does not have, unfortunately, and it's like she's just there at this point. And if she wins the titles, so what? I don't care emotionally, unfortunately. Another match we got to keep our eyes out for at Night of Champions is the aforementioned. Undisputed WWE tag team titles between Roman Reigns and Sozokoa versus the champs, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. So, Scott, who you got? I ah, I know I shouldn't bet against Roman Reigns, but I am going to go with Sami Zayn pinning Roman Reigns to retain the WWE tag team titles. Oof, a very, very bold prediction. I'm going to go with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn retaining. I think the Usos providing the assist to screw over Roman Reigns. I think it's going to lead to an implosion of the bloodline imminently. And that would be my pick should be the best match on the card outside of Rollins and AJ for the WWE world heavyweight championship. Another match I can think of for night of champions will be Sheamus versus Austin theory for the United States championship. Do I foresee a title change? Unfortunately, I do not as Austin theory will find a way to retain that championship yeah i agree with you um you know i I think austin theory is he's he's got his uh he's on a roll too he's not gonna be losing that anytime soon until uh at the least they have somebody in mind who they're ready to really get behind yeah and i don't know who that is yet but you know we're just gonna have a fun match and theory will find a way to win and we'll find a way to endure somehow some way also on tap, you know, it's academic, but let's talk about it anyway. Gunther versus Mustafa Ali for the Intercontinental Championship. Gunther wins the end, but it should be a good match. All right. <laughs> okay. I mean, what else can I possibly say? No, absolutely nothing. There's, there's nothing else you say. It should be a fun match. And I think Mustafa Ali will have a very... I hope he has a good showing or they're going to do it like Brock and Ricochet. So we'll see. We'll see. Oh God. I hope that's not the case because that was so brutal. That was so brutal. Oh, 
horror, horror that was. But speaking of Brock Lesnar, we have the singles match, the rematch from Backlash between Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar. Who you got? I got Cody Rhodes. I, I, I just I don't see any reason for him to lose to Brock Lesnar right now, and he should win convincingly. You know, he won with a you know a nice counter to the to the Kimura. He should win hitting like three cross maybe five cross or whatever it needs to be. He needs to win convincingly, maybe a beautiful disaster, you know, the kick followed by the Cody cutter, then the three crossroads, however you need to do it. He needs to win dominantly and convincingly. And then Keela, I have a, a question for you after you make your pick, what match do you think closes the show? Ooh, that is a good question. So I think that you have to put as much shine on this new championship and it has to headline this show. I love tag team wrestling as well, but you want to give any credibility to this new belt, you've got to put it in the main event spot. My humble opinion, my pick will also be Cody Rhodes to beat Brock Lesnar, and it will be decisive. It will be handily this time around to get him ready for possibly money in the bank. That would be his next go-to to finish his story against Roman Reigns, preferably sometime between now and SummerSlam. But if they want to wait all the way to next year's WrestleMania, have at it, but it's going to be a hell of a wait. And, you know, as you said, we're in inning three. Let's get to the bottom of the fifth ASAP. That's all that I ask for. And that leads to Becky Lynch and Tristratus. I think that Scott is still stuck in his heels. It's still going to rock with Trish to win this match, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think, I, I think I'm still going to stick with Trish to win the, the first of this match, especially if, if uh, this is going to extend, which I, I think it will go to SummerSlam or at least uh, the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, I, I definitely see Trish Stratus winning the first match. I do agree there. I do see her winning the first match to extend the feud past its show, possibly a SummerSlam, possibly in Toronto, whenever WWE travels there sometime this summer. So Trish wins the first leg of this feud on Saturday. And that is it for the card right now. We got six matches confirmed. There might be a couple of more added between now and Monday Night Raw. Rhea Ripley is not booked for this show at this point, surprisingly enough. She doesn't even have an opponent lined up. Nothing's been built up for her since WrestleMania, but we'll see where it goes. Outside of Zelina Vega at Backlash, but yeah, I hope she's on the card somehow, some way. If not, then we have at least Bianca Belair carrying things for the women. But here's a question, Scott. Um, why have they not switched titles yet? <laughs> you know, honestly, I, I, I completely forgot about that, but you're right. We got... We got Rhea walking around Raw with the SmackDown title. And that's, I don't know. Like, And if you're going to do that, why wouldn't you just like give one like the name, re, just rename like one the women's title and the other, the, the I don't know, and leave the other the, the WWE women's title. I don't know how you would do it, but yeah, I didn't think about that. That's let's not do it though because i'd rather not see the awkward exchange so just leave it as it is i agree like let's not do the dumb belt swap but at the same time um weird <laughs> it is very peculiar to have bianca belair defending her raw women's championship on smackdown's side of the card so to that point though going forward the raw women's championship will be defended on smackdown Yes. And vice versa. Yes. That's, that's ridiculous. What the hell is going on? 
What? Can we get new belts? Do they even? But so even so, like, what are you gonna? What are you gonna name one? The one's gonna be the WWE Women's Title. Then what would the other ones be? What would the other title be named? <sighs> the Women's Universal Championship. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Intergalactic, the, the Galaxy the, title. The WUC, the Wook the, title. The Wook. See, the Wook. The Wook See? title. The Wook, See? the Wook title. The Wook title. Man, that's going to be worse than the Divas title. <laughs> might as well bring the butterfly back hell no 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 don't do that do not bring back the butterfly belt wwe was so embarrassed they had like a fucking emoji saying oh here it is butterfly you branded this shit for years call it what it is a butterfly belt the divas championship i don't want to see it anymore but i respect the lineage despite all the crap we endured in terms of two minute bathroom break matches and other shit in terms of booking but yeah, I don't want that era back in WWE. I just want belts for the ladies that are not color coded for God's sakes. Please. Yeah, and I'm I, I I'm cool with them keeping one of them. And then you could you could bring back the old the classic women's championship belt for I think that would be nice for the the raw side of things. I think you give that to Rhea. She can keep that. Bianca can keep her reign and it can just be have the nice black background or a white background. Like didn't didn't the original one have a white background? Yes, it did. Yeah, let's just go back to the white background and leave it like that. And then Rhea can have the the, the classic uh women's title that was always on Raw. You're straight. Problem solved. They won't do it, but that would be a lovely solution to this problem. That irks me. And this wraps up our mini preview for Night of Champions going down this Saturday in Saudi Arabia. It should be a very fun show. Where we, will reca- we will recap it right here on The Wrap next Sunday morning, followed by Battleground. So very busy weekend for us. But before we go, let's pick the best damn television match we saw this week across Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT Level Up, and maybe even Main Event. And shout out to Paul Fontaine who checked out Dana Brooke and Piper Nevin, I told him it was good, and he co-signed and said, you know what? It was good. So I was not crazy. And it was Piper Nevin versus De- uh, Dana Brooke? Yes. And you know what? I Apparently, I saw on Twitter, Dana Brooke had another really good match this week with Emma um, that I will have to go out of my way and check out. So, you know what? I'm Even though I haven't seen the match, I'm going to just go out and let me say Dana Brooke probably had another really good match on main <laughs> event. She seems to be putting together a little catalog. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the the tag match, uh, the, the LWO versus the Usos. I thought that was probably the best match this week. But let me tell you, Dominic is getting pretty good in the ring. He's I thought he had a real good showing with Xavier Woods as well on Monday Night Raw. Yes. Cheating his ass off, but he has really improved a lot, getting that proper heat, and the in-ring work is catching up as well. I love that for him. So solid runner-up. I will also go with the LWO versus the Usos. Really fun match on SmackDown, the main event, and they killed it. Honorable mentions go to the Creed Brothers and the Diet from NXT. I love that match, too. So much fun on Tuesday night, one of the few high spots from NXT because we went through some things earlier that broke me beyond recognition, but not as broken as Dragunov because I know he is sore all over, but he's very happy about it. Pause. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
And also, I want to. I also want to give a shout out to my boy Mike the Mike Mizanin. He had a good match with Shinsuke as well. And I'm gonna be real with you. That was a that was a contender for a little bit. Your bias is showing through. No question. But he had a good match. <laughs> it was I. It was I. He did all right. He was serviceable. He lost. Hey, thankfully, let me tell you, he plays his role perfect. That man ain't won a match in 2023. <laughs> Yet he is getting a check and he is getting some TV time. But he is he racking up. The, he is becoming the modern day Ziggler, just not as good. That is a title you just put on that man. That was a shady title you put on him. Is it? I feel like Dolph's doing fine. He's getting paid like $1.5 a year. Listen, it's a great gig if you can get it. Have me lose all my matches. I'll take that job too. No lie. At least the Miz is consistent. He loses all of his matches. He gets paid. And he goes home to Maurice. What better life can you possibly have? Listen, that's why I don't understand how people be knocking this man. I'm like, y'all can hate this man all you want, but he ain't doing nothing but smiling to the bank and going home. Like, ah, oh, man, my life is so awful. Hi, honey. <laughs> <laughs> in my big-ass house in Hollywood. Right. right. I done bought my father-in-law, uh, my father a uh, food truck. My life sucks. My, my mother-in-law lives with me. It's so awful. I'm on house number four. What about it? <laughs> right. Planning to move again because we got it like that. I love that for the Miz. I truly, truly do. I respect his hustle. I do. Biasness by you, but I respect his game nonetheless. As we put a bow on this week's wrap right here on the Fight Game Media Network. What a show this was. I laughed. I cried. I went through so much because Scott found a way to get me via the S&M recap of Dragonoff and Dijak. If you have not seen it, please do. It would change your life for various reasons. But as always, Scott, you endured another show. And even though your team is about to get swept on Monday, you did show up, you did not get fined, and you delivered when it counted most. Well, I stand and deliver when I need to. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm ready to, to fight at this battleground. Because during my night of being a champion, I am going to stand tall and deliver. You know, so many puns. <laughs> so many puns. I ran out at the end. I, I, left my, I left myself. I wasn't supposed to use that one so early. Well, you did. I know. <laughs> I know. Just left yourself wide open, but... You deserve this because you've been through so much tonight. And, you know, we ended things on a high note and you did stand and deliver. Let me actually do pretty deadly. You stand and deliver mm -hmm. when you need it too most. And thank you for that. And we will be back Sunday morning, recapping the highs and lows from Night of Champions 2023 going down in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. And we'll roll through Monday morning as well with NXT Battleground going down on Sunday as well. A very busy Memorial Day weekend. On top of that, it's also Double or Nothing weekend for AEW. It's busy, y'all. Very, very busy, busy, busy time to be a wrestling fan. Gotta love it. Keeps us busy here on the Fight Game Media Network. But until then, enjoy the week to come in WWE. Sit back, relax, enjoy the shows for myself and for Salty Scott Young. May the Lakers enjoy their time in Cancun by Monday night. Until then, 
Take care and bye-bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.